0: And of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. If you are 12 years of age and younger, if you would like, please join me up front. Ah, hey. Andrew, I'll scoot over. There you go. Hey, guys. Come on around. Spider Man. I like it. Yeah, circle around so we have room for everybody. Oh, come on. All right. So, who knows what month it is? October. It's the easiest question I could think to start with, right? October. October, right? In the month of October, we're almost there. So that's a good guess, buddy. In the month of October, our church, Christ the Redeemer, we focus on something. Does anybody know what we focus on for the whole month? Halloween. No. Saints. No. Saints Fest. We do focus on God. Daniel always has the right answers. Saint Fest. So for the whole, you want to guess? No, you're all close. It does start with an S. Who's ever heard of the word stewardship? (laughs) I guess we started with Halloween and we just went downhill, right? Have you ever heard of the word stewardship? You've heard the word stewardship? What's stewardship mean? Yeah, basically taking care of something. Okay, I thought it meant someone who baked delicious pies. That's a baker. I am not prepared for this morning if that's not. no, of course, a steward is someone that takes care of something, right? So um, have you ever been given something to take care of? Raise your hand if you have. What have you been given to take care of? That's a very important thing to do, right? And so you were given your baby brother to take care of. What about you, Daniel? Nothing. No. June gave me my, her lion. Okay. Wife, her cat's so June gave you her lion and you had to take care of it. What about you? Flowers. Flowers? You gotta take care of flowers, they're delicate. TV. TV. <laughs> you have to take care of the television, it's expensive. It's fair right so now so you were given something to take care of right but where did you get it from where, where did you you got your the lion from who from june right and you got the tv from mom and dad unless you're a looter Where did you where did you don't say it here buddy it's being televised But so the point is that if you have something that you're taking care of somebody gave it to you right Right, So someone has to give you the things that, that you uh, take care of, like parents, your friends, your grandparents, stuff like that. Now let me ask you this. Let's think about it the other way. Have you ever given someone to something for them to take care of? A uh, cookie? A cookie? <laughs> what did they do to the cookie? I bet they took care of it, right? Yes. Yeah. Huh? Okay. A carrot? Okay, this is it's definitely- food related. There's a lot of that. So, but you gave. Think of something important that you gave to someone to take care of. Uh, I gave Junie. Okay. One, one of my my toys. So you gave your sister one of your transformers. Did she take care of it? Yeah. So guess what she did with that? She stewarded that, right? Because it wasn't hers. It was yours but she took care of it for you. So that's kind of what being a steward is like. So I want you to think about some of the things we steward here. What are some things that we steward here in this building? Okay, I like that. That's kind of my sermon, dude. You're blowing it. <laughs> what are some things that we steward here? Think about your classroom. Who went to Sunday school this morning? What's some of the things in the classroom that don't belong to you, but they've been entrusted to you and you take care of them? The stories, right? Like those aren't yours, but they've been given to you. What about, the, what about the crayons? Are those yours? No. But can you use them? Yes. You have to steward them. All of the adults are sitting in chairs. Guess how many brought their own chairs today? None of them. But they get to sit in them, right? But they have to steward them. Can you, um, so I, I want to I leave you with one thought, okay? Okay. All of the stuff that we steward, listen up, guys, listen up. All of the stuff that we steward, how do we get it? Like things like chairs and crayons and all of that stuff. What do we have to use to get those things? Money. Yes, money. I'm sorry, he stole it from you. Right, we have to do it, we have to use money. But can I tell you guys something? I'm not going to talk to you guys about money at all. You know why? You don't have any. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. you don't have jobs. You're all broke. I I will knock you in the head. Now listen, though. This morning, I want to talk to you about something else. I want to talk to you about stewarding one another. You can do that, right? Did you know that God has given us the responsibility to care for one another? To love for one another. I'm supposed to take care of you, and you're supposed to take care of me. That's not how this We're works supposed right to now. steward one yeah, another, right? Well, we'll see. So today's gospel text, the whole story, and it seems to be that God tells us that we have to take care of one another, but it kind of seems like we don't have the things we need to do that, and that's that's kind of bad news. But you know what the good news is? God gives us the things we need. take care of one another so I want you to listen for that in today's sermon okay by the way three minutes not five is the optimal range for doing this I've totally lost them but it's a learning process okay back to your seat guys Every year in October, Christ the Redeemer hosts uh, a stewardship campaign. And we do this every year because it's our responsibility to steward well all the things which God has given to us. And while it's true that any conversation about stewardship will include the topic of money, stewardship isn't just a conversation about bottom lines and financial forecasts. Biblical stewardship is always set in a broader and deeper understanding of our relationship with God and with one another. So for the next four weeks, me and Father Chris are going to try to cover that broad understanding of stewardship. And we're going to do this by preaching a sermon series, tag team style. And as a fan of wrestling since the 1980s, I've always wanted to be a part of a tag team. Thank you, big guy. Over the next four weeks, we hope to approach the idea of stewardship from several different directions. Today... I want to approach the idea of stewardship by focusing on what it means to steward our relationships with God. Next week, Father Chris will talk about stewarding our relationships with one another. The week after that, I'll hop back in and talk about stewarding our relationships with the blessings that he's given us. And finally, Father Chris will put a bow on the sermon series in week four by talking about stewarding our relationships with the mercy of God. And for the next few minutes, I want to give you the clearest picture I can of how our gospel text itself beautifully sets the stage for our stewardship month. Our gospel text begins with the request from the disciples. The request is quite simple, and on the surface, at least, it sounds very pious. In verse 5, the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. I mean, talk about hitting the nail on the head. Asking the Lord Himself to increase your faith? Man, that's got to be the type of question any committed person, any true disciple of Jesus would ask. That's got to be the type of question Jesus wants all of us to ask. But the Lord's response to their seemingly pious request left me scratching my head a little bit. Jesus, after hearing their request, doesn't pray to the Father and ask that the extra faith be bestowed upon His disciples. He doesn't lay hands on them and anoint them with oil. He doesn't do anything like that. Instead, Jesus responds by telling them that if they possessed faith like a grain of a mustard seed, even if the faith that they possess was small, they would then wield a power in this world like they would not believe. A power that Jesus makes analogy of whereby the very word, their very word, Trees could be uprooted and planted in the sea just because they said so. That's the kind of power Jesus is telling them they can possess. But that sounds weird. If God grows our faith, if we possess a deeper trust in the Lord, does he really give us something approximating telekinetic superpowers? Is, is Jesus saying that if we have enough faith in Him, we can control physical objects with our words, that we can tell a tree to be uprooted and go into the ocean? Well, there are people who would answer that question with a yes. There are people who would use these two verses as a proof text, a proof text to say you have a, if you have enough faith, you can command all things in creation by just speaking. And I must admit, having superpower sounds like my kind of fun, but I don't think that's what these two verses mean at all. I don't think the point Jesus is making has anything to do with something like that. And to see why, all we need to do is ask one question. Why are the disciples asking for an increase in faith? Their petition to the Lord for more faith wasn't random. They didn't just decide one day to ask that question. Also, their request wasn't made out of some great devotion or piety. No, their request for the Lord to increase their faith was made because they knew they lacked something. They knew they didn't have what they needed to do what the Lord was asking. So to see what the Lord was asking, just look back at the beginning of Luke 17. And he said to the disciples, Temptations to sin are sure to come, but woe to the one through whom they come. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were to cast into the sea than he should be to cause one of these little ones to sin. Pay attention to yourself. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in the day and turns to you seven times saying, I repent, you must forgive him. It is this command of Jesus, a command of continuous forgiveness, a command to forgive over and over and over again the sins of your brothers that the disciples reply, Lord, increase our faith. It is to that command they reply, Lord, we don't have what it takes to do what you're asking. Lord, give us what we need to accomplish what you command. That's what the disciples are saying when they ask the Lord to increase their faith. The request had nothing to do with possessing something like superpowers or even an expression of dominion over creation. No, the disciples' request for an increase in faith was because Jesus commanded them to do something that was beyond their abilities. It was beyond their power to achieve. And to their credit, the disciples understood If they had any hope at all of doing what the Lord was asking them to do, the Lord would have to supply what they needed to accomplish it. And this is where the next question must be asked. If the disciples don't possess what they need in order to do what the Lord is commanding, if they need more faith to obey Jesus, I wonder how much faith they'll need. In order to do what Jesus is asking, how much faith will they need Surely they find themselves so deficient that the Lord will need to supply them with a truckload of faith. Surely these disciples will need a huge outpouring of faith from the Lord himself. But that's not what Jesus says. Jesus tells his disciples that if they possess even a small fraction of faith, they would be able to do what he is asking and more. They would be able to not only forgive their brothers just as Jesus was commanding them to, but they would be able to do things they can't even imagine. They would wield a power in this world to reconcile broken relationships. By their very words, estrangement could dissolve. Anger would cease to control them, and long-held bitterness could lose all of its potency. And that is the power of forgiveness and the exact power Jesus wanted to instill in his disciples then and in his disciples today as well. Stewarding our relationships, even with the help of God Almighty, can be difficult. These are difficult things. But guys, if we try it without him, it's absolutely impossible. On my own, I will not love you like I should On my own, I will not forgive you like the Lord has commanded me to. Left to myself, I will not steward you well. So before the stewardship month goes any further, before we talk about nickels and dimes and dollars and cents and bottom lines and budgets, please know that none of that matters if we fail to steward each other. If we fail to treat one another with all of the care the Lord himself has commanded if we fail to love one another like Jesus Christ has said to, then we've failed to steward the most important thing we have. We would have failed to steward our faith for the sake of one another. And, guys, I don't want to do that. I want to possess the quality of faith Christ desires for me so that I can love you like Christ has commanded me to. And guys, I need you to do the exact same. Every single one of us needs every single one of us bought in at that level. We must be willing to forgive one another to the extent Christ requires. And guys, every single one of us needs Christ to do a miracle in us to make that possible. And the good news we have this day is he is more than willing and more than capable of doing exactly that. What an honor and privilege it is to be able to speak so candidly with you about stewarding our faith for the sake of one another. It is no doubt a lofty goal worthy of pursuit, and God is ready to give all we need to attain it. And it makes my heart glad that I steward my faith side by side with people like you. Amen. Amen.